traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Oh, man, equestrians. What a wild, wild, wicked week I'm having here. Lost my phone. Service went down. You name it, it's happened. But like we always say, we've got to have a plan, a plan here in the horse industry. And my plan is going back to the guys at BBS and got me going again. So we're ready to go. Hey, it's Breeders' Cup time. It's that time of year when everybody gets together for the Breeders' Cup. You know, it's a Breeders' Cup party. It's Breeders' Cup racing. It's Breeders' Cup everything. And, you know, the thing that gets us to Breeders' Cup and to all the big races, you know, that we go to and have and everything, um, it's just one of those things, you know, that uh, it all comes together. And even though there's separate tracks and different uh, states and different countries, um, the Breeders' Cup seems to bring it all together. This year, there's going to be 27 countries uh, to offer paramutual wagering through the Breeders' Cup Global Pool. Now, this this is an amazing thing. To, just to go to show uh, show you how things are in the horse business, we got horses from all over the world uh, coming in for the Breeders' Cup. It's going to be unbelievable, you know. Uh, this year, um, the thing that really gets me is the venues that we go to, and we're going to talk about that just right off the bat. And the reason, and and you'll see by the end of what I'm saying where it gets to you. What happened? is that horse racing thought through the pandemic was going to go down. You know, it got hurt. There's some tracks closed up. Um, you know, there's a track in Florida, Harness Track, Pompano Park closed up. Um, Arlington Park shut down for thoroughbreds in Chicago. You know, and it's just seemed, it just seemed like it was going to be terrible for the industry. But uh, on the other hand, it started to rebound. Uh, we've got Churchill down. They bought Ellis Park up. Renovating it and bringing it back. Uh, they're redoing Churchill Downs, the paddock. They, they modernized it and made it good. Uh, Belmont Park is doing the same thing. They're rebuilding Belmont Park. Um, you know, you just go through one after the other and everybody's putting something in new or doing something different. And the reason is, is because that the fans, the horse racing fans that we have out here, um, really like it. And they're making it more fan friendly, is what they're doing. Uh, Colonial Downs is um, is really going good. Um, they're putting a Tapita track in at Santa Anita um, that that'll be coming in. Uh, you know, it's just all kinds of things like that. You know, like I said, they're re- they they're shutting down Belmont Park for two years to get it ready for the um, uh, in the twenty twenty five season coming up. Uh, Saratoga is going to run the Belmont Stakes in 24, 25. Uh, you know, it's just always something, you know, in the business. And they're going like gangbusters. They're rebuilding. They're remodeling. They're making it fan-friendly. They're making it, uh, you know, to where um, families are welcome. Uh, you know, and they've all got all kinds of entertainment that they're doing. And I'll give you another good example. Iowa. Iowa is really a good, good place to race. The breeding program's good and everything, and, and it and it's good. It pays to race in Iowa. 
Racing resumes May twenty-four, uh, May of 2024. Race days are guaranteed by law. Purses are guaranteed by law. Total purses over $14 million in 2023. Stakes programs of $3.2 million. Iowa bred stakes programs totaling a million one hundred fifty thousand. Now this is what's really good, and this is why a lot of the uh, uh, you know races are and owners are are getting better. Breeders Awards in Iowa pays first through fourth place. They have a record breaking twenty twenty three Iowa yearling sale. It's just going you know unbelievable how it's going. Oakland. They open up December 8th of 2023 and close May 4th of 2024. Um, it's the richest winter racing in North America. Average daily purses at Oakland Park for 66 days is $900,000 a day. All allowances races are over $140,000. $115,000 maiden special weights. Stall applications were due by October 5th. A little behind on that, but you know, just kind of catching up with some of these things that, that we're doing here. You know, and it's amazing. Uh, all the stakes money, all the purse money is getting bigger and better in every state. Uh, you know, they got Kentucky Downs um, there in Kentucky, and they're million dollar. Some days they have million dollar races in every race. It's just amazing what they're what they're doing there uh, with what uh, with the program, the breeders program. Um, I know from uh, our situation here at Sunshine Meadows in uh, Delray Beach, it's primarily a show horse and a um, uh, standard bred facility. Well, we got some horses that are coming back. Most of them are staying up in Kentucky because they got opened up. They got three three new uh, harness tracks there in Kentucky. And the money is just unbelievable that they're that they're giving away up there, you know. And people come here for three months out of the year, and then they go back up to Kentucky and start racing. Um, we had uh, people that, that have left here. Lindy Farms, uh, one of the biggest uh, standard bred uh, facilities in the country. They, they've got they just bought a new farm in Lexington. Um, Tony Alanya just bought a farm in Lexington. Um, Aki Swanstead just bought a farm in, in Kentucky. It's just amazing how the horse industry has turned around. And the, the ones that are getting in on, on the, the, the good money are the ones that are updating and modernizing their tracks. And, and that, that's the big thing. Uh, Gulfstream, uh, they, they jumped ahead of the gun uh, about five, ten years ago, and, and they're in good shape. You know, Santa Anita's talking about, you know, doing some uh, remodeling there. And there might be a push on... Um, uh, from the thoroughbred side of it, to have the Breeders' Cup every year in Santa Anita. That's a possibility. It's a good facility. The weather's good. The people are good. You know, they, they pack the place every time. And then that would save a lot of people, you know, trans, you know, traveling from place to place, you know, just having a, a regular, you know, um, thing like they would for anything else. But uh, it's the, it would be the 40th anniversary of the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita. And, you know, it's kind of crazy when you start talking about all these uh, races that they have, uh, you know, here uh, on Breeders' Cup Day. They're juggling, you know, they're uh, jostling them around, trying to get them in at the right time. Um, the Friday program begin, uh, for Breeders' Cup next week uh, is 1130 uh 
a.m. Pacific time. So you know now you, now you're looking at, at an afternoon and into the evening racing. Um, you know uh, for the rest of the country to come in and, and watch it. Uh, the first Breeders' Cup World Championship race on Friday will be Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Um, it's a Breed One, which will have a post time of 2 p.m. Um, Pacific time. That's 5 p.m. Eastern time. They don't have to tell you guys that. Pretty much not. So, but it, it um, it's just showing you that, you know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, the first day card will look, will conclude, um, with a post time of 5 10, 5 10 p.m., which is 10 o'clock Eastern time. So you got all night long to watch the races. And I think that's going to be nice, uh, to be honest with you. Um, cause a lot of people, you know, um, especially here on the East Coast, they won't miss anything on that Friday. They come home and, and five o'clock and they start watching the Breeders' Cup last end of the night. And then, um, on the championship Saturday, the first post then is at 10, 10, um, a.m. and that's Pacific time. And that starts the undercar racing. Um, the $6 million Longines Breeders' Cup Classic race, which is race number nine, will have a post time of 3.40 um, Pacific time in the afternoon, which makes it nice because that's 8.40 here on the East Coast. So we're going to have racing all afternoon and all evening. Um, there's a total of 27 countries, including Canada, England, France, Germany, and Ireland, that will be offering paramutual uh, wagering in their countries. Uh, on the Breeders' Cup, and, and that's just crazy. You know, that's just crazy. Then there's nine other jurisdictions will be offering separate pool wagering: Argentina, Australia, Ecuador, Hong Kong, Jamaica, Japan, Mexico, Paraguay, and Turkey. So you're looking at all this amount of money coming from international sources that are going into the Breeders' Cup. And that just solidifies the strength of the Breeders' Cup uh, program that they set out, uh, you know, 40 years ago to do. Um, it's going to be a tremendous boost to the industry, um, to all phases of the industry, and, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Um, you know, the, the thing that really gets me the most about uh, the industry is we've kind of come together as a whole. Uh, from all the way, all around the world, um, whether you know it's Europe or Asia, Australia, you know, here in the states, we've kind of come together, and we all have kind of a common goal. And what I like about the Breeders' Cup is, is they've expanded into like, for example, um, they have the win and you're in. Uh, when you win and you're in, if you win a race, uh, let's say uh, you run a win a race in Kentucky. Um, um, you automatically get into the Breeders' Cup uh, race. You're automatically entered into it. You get all kinds of uh, bonus money, uh, shipping money, you know, to go out to California or to wherever it's at. Uh, you get all kinds of, you know, perks that, that are there. And that's what what's exciting is they're doing that. So now we've got Japan, which is probably the, the closest uh, in, in Europe, that send horses over for, for the Breeders' Cup from Ireland, England, France, you know, that type of thing. So now we're expanding out to uh, Asia. Uh, you know, we've got Japan and, and all these other countries that are coming in. And what's really great about it is 
is we're finally getting into a routine. We're finally getting uh, into a system, and, and like I've always said here on the show about what we do, is that um, you got to be consistent. You got to be organized. You got to plan. You plan out a year ahead. You know, you got a two-year-old sitting in a barn, um, you know, on January one, and and you're thinking Kentucky Derby. You got to plan for the Kentucky Derby, and, and so you lay out all your uh, your um, race itineraries. Uh, you know, you get your vets lined up, your your jockeys lined up, uh, uh, your feed. You get everything lined up, ready to go. And this is the path that we're going to go on. At any given time during that uh, during that journey on how to get there to the 2024 Kentucky Derby, you can be derailed. Last year, look at Forte. Forte did everything right. He made the money. He made the points. He proved himself as a grade one, you know, um, um, champion. And he gets to the Derby, and what happens? He gets a little foot injury, can't make it into the Derby. He gets... Um, uh, gets, uh, you know, set back, uh, you know, and, and then, then what do you do? You know, then what do you do? You got to readjust everything. So they readjusted and they tried to get everything, you know, back lined up to where he'd be on the trail to uh, the Breeders' Cup, in which they did. And look what happens. Last month, he gets a quarter crack, not going to make the Breeders' Cup. So they had to retire him to Spencer Farm for stud duties. So, you know, this goes to show you, you got to plan all these things. Whether you're in Japan, whether you're in Australia, Europe, you know, or the States, you got to plan all these things out. And what I like about the, the Breeders' Cup is they have the win and you're in, like we were just talking about. And you, you got certain races you have to, uh, you can run to qualify to get into the Breeders' Cup. And what I like about that is, is that it seems to be getting established a pretty good field. And on that field that, that they're trying to establish in the Breeders' Cup is quality. And they're doing that. You know, uh, I, I foresee uh, in the future that um, if you run second in one of those races, they might might include you to get you into the Breeders' Cup. You know, that that type of thing. But that's good. It, it's, a, it's a measuring stick to make sure that you're going to have quality horses in, in the Breeders' Cup. And by the same token, you got points that you have to obtain to run in the Kentucky Derby, a series of races all throughout the country from September 17th until, you know, the first Saturday in May. And you got uh, races that you qualify for. And if you get to qualify enough points to qualify, you know, then you're in the Derby. And that, that's, that's really important. Again, it goes back to the quality of you know, of the race. We're, we're guaranteeing quality in, in the race for sure. So now having said that, everybody's getting on the same plan. Everybody's got to qualify. You got to qualify. You know, you got to prove yourself all year long in these qualification races, you know, and, and to get you there. So now I'm sitting here today and I'm going through all the different things that, um, you know, we're coming up about the, uh, the Breeders' Cup, you know, and, and where it's going to be, how it's going to be, who's going to be there, you know, that, that type of thing. And so now I got to looking and I got to thinking, like, holy smokes, let's see what's going on today. And I pull out my uh, information for the Breeders' Cup, 
the medical checks uh, for Breeders' Cup start, uh, starters is underway now. And it's very important, you know, that we make sure that these horses are physically fit, um, that uh, everything that they're doing and going through is, you know, the proper things and everybody's following the rules. And so, again, it's getting back on that same page. Heiser wants to have every state on the same page. They want them to all know the rules and regulations, uh, not, not only for the horses, but for the employees, too. Uh, there's a lot of rules and regulations for the employees and, and guidelines that they have to go through, and it's actually going to make the, the sport a lot better uh, for everybody involved with it. So since earlier this month, the Breeders' Cup candidates have been uh, the subject of a process that includes checking the horse's medical records and its training and racing patterns, and in some cases, physical examinations conducted by state veterinarians when needed, diagnostic tools such as PET scans and other um, um, projects and programs that they can go through have been used to determine the fitness of a health to run on Breeders' Cup Day. So, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can to get this thing right. They're trying to get it all right. And, you know, I've been saying for a long time, you got to go by the rules. You got to go by the rules. If you don't go by the rules, then it's all out the window. And you know, through life, and I'm sure all of you have experienced this at one time or another, you know, in life, that um, people do do fudge on the rules. You know, they, they they stretch the rules. Oh well, this one time just won't hurt. You know that type of thing. And so now. Uh, Heiser, all the racing uh, entities have all pretty much come together and, and decided the rules and regulations are going to be followed. Punishment's going to be handed out and don't break the rules, you know. And, and like I tell everybody here at Sunshine Meadows, I said, when we hand out the um, uh, rules and regulations here, I hand them the paper and it's, and it's in black and white. It's, it's black print on white paper. I said, you see this? I said, there's one unique thing about this this piece of paper that I'm ha have handing to you. It's got all the rules and regulations on it. And I said, now that you know that the rules and regula regulations, I said, no, the paper's black and white. And they said, well, yeah, it's black and white. I said, you know what? There's no gray areas. It's black and white. And that's the way we implement the rules here. The rules are black and white. This is what you do, and this is what you don't do. There's no in-between. There's no discussion. There's no argument. You can't get mad at me. If I if the speed limit's 15 and you're going 20, you're breaking the rules. You know, that's the long and short of it. There's no gray area. And that's what I like about horse racing. It's getting to that point to where there are no gray areas. Uh, last year, we had a... It's still an ongoing thing with Bob Baffert. You know, it was, uh, first it started out that it was the groom. The groom rubbed some ointment on the horse's tail uh, for a little skin irritation, and that's what, you know, tested positive, you know, for uh, for Medina Spirit. Okay, so then they fought that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then after two years of working, you know, with this thing, they came out and it found out it was the veterinarian. It wasn't a groom. 
It wasn't a hot walker. You know, it it wasn't from another horse. It was the veterinarian that, that, you know, did did the damage, we'll say. You know, and then Bob escalated all that by going to court, fighting it back and forth, going to court, going to court. But all that going to court thing that he had did a great thing for the business because now with Heise, they got rules and regulations they got to go by. The veterinarians have to record medications and treatments. They got to record x-rays. They got to record everything, you know, and that makes it good. And that file has to be kept, you know, by, by the, uh, the trainer. And the owners get a file too on that. So they know what they can and can't do from it. And now that's why Heise is coming back now and the things that they're doing. Heise now they're observing the training records, uh, and medication records. Everything that goes into that horse is being, you know, observed by Heisa. And so that, that's the thing that I like is the rules and regulations. Like I said, it's, um, it's black and white, no gray areas. You take away that and then there's no argument. You can't come in, you can't argue, you can't dispute it. That's it. Over and done with before it even starts. So that's what, you know, what I like about it. And, and the Breeders' Cup people have done a real good job this year as far as, um, you know, doing uh, uh, things that uh, that that help everything. Uh, what I like about it, uh, the uh, well, I, I take this. Uh, uh, I, I don't know really how to put it because this is a really a touchy area. Uh, they they sometimes they're they're going to be testing for um, out of out of race uh, competition testing that has been taking place for the last five months pre race testing. For banned substances will be um, conducted. Uh, well, this year, October 31st, by the Horse Racing Integrity and Welfare Unit. Um, and so that's what I like about it. They're doing out of race testing. Uh, testing. Uh, you know, there's so many things that they're really watching. You know, all these uh, places that these horses go to. You know, uh, on these outlying farms and, and things like that. And you know. I, I, I'm just so excited about the Breeders' Cup this year because you know, we, we've got some good, um, you know, vibes coming from it. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at um, uh, 14 races, uh, the, the best uh, racing weekend in the world. And, you know, what, what was interesting is all the pre-race uh, Breeders' Cup uh, entries came out. And do you know that every race on the Breeders' Cup card had 15 to 20 horses entered that that's that's the most most ever i mean these horses are really coming along and, and what i like about it is there's a lot of uh let's see, how do you, how would you say it there's a lot of tracks now that are, are seeing how many horses that entered and let's say there's only going to be like 15 in a race and there's 15 and 30 horses that entered there's a lot of tracks that are right in the condition are making, making a race, you know, up for that, uh, horse not being able to run into the, uh, you know, into the Breeders' Cup. So, like say, for example, uh, take Aqueduct. Uh, Aqueduct to be looking and put some pretty good races on, you know, because there's going to be 14 or 15 quality horses that aren't going to run in the Breeders' Cup, you know, so they start writing their race schedule, uh, you know, to kind of accommodate them. And, and then, after the Breeders' Cup and you start getting into the, you know, to the racing in, in 2024, 
uh, a lot of these tracks are doing that. They 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 might have like say uh, uh, the Arkansas Derby. Uh, you know, it's a three year old race. Points you win the points and you're in it. You know, towards the Kentucky Derby. Well, down the road, maybe next week, instead of having a you know a million dollar Arkansas Derby, they might have a three hundred thousand dollar race on the dirt going a mile and a sixteenth for three year olds. So it benefits the whole system. Uh, you know, uh, even though you're not uh, uh, going to the dance on the 1st of May, there's a lot of races where you can make a lot of money, uh, you know, uh, uh, to get you through the year. So there's just a lot of a lot of things that are coming along, um, you know, in our industry. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I just don't know which way to go, which direction to look at. Um, the owners... Um, the owner situation uh, is getting better for the owners, uh, and the breeders association is getting good for for them. And, and then <laughs> to, to show you how some of these things are going, and you know, it's always got to come, somebody's always got a better mousetrap. Uh, they, they, you know, I, I don't know why why this happens, but it happens in everything. Repo stables, micropoly launches new alliance amid an improving racing. Uh, you know, and this is the greatest thing in the world. You know, you got a billionaire here in the business. Uh, they're, they're wanting to revamp the, uh, uh, you know, the system. Uh, they're wanting to create a, uh, taking the first step uh, for horse racing and to really make it into something big. <laughs> You know, and it was big enough as it is now. But you know, when you get when you get these kind of people, uh, you know, that are on board. And what I like about it is uh, they're they're wanting to work with the Heiser. Um, uh, they're wanting to work with the uh, uh, Jockey Club. Uh, they're wanting to bring all the entities that are involved in, in our in our business. Uh, from racing associations to tracks to trainers, you know, to owners, wanting to get them all together and say, hey, let's let's make it all for the sport. You know, let's don't go banging heads against each other. Let's all get on the same team, the same page, and sit down and figure these differences out one at a time. And I think it's going to be the greatest thing in the world. I think it's going to be the greatest thing in the world because I'm telling you right now, the, and we talked about Heisen before on here, but I'm telling you what's happened is it's Heisen is getting rid of a lot of the, uh, uh, I don't want to call them bad trainers or, you know, what have you, but there's a lot of people that cut corners in the business. I mean, you can tell it when you walk, when you walk by the barns, the I don't lie. I guarantee you that the I don't lie. You walk by these barns and you see, hear some of these guys talking and they're saying, Oh my goodness, you know, I can't do this. The poor little guy, the poor this. Well, let me tell you something. You can only enter one horse at a time. I mean, you can enter more, but I mean, basically you run one horse at a time. I don't care. You could have 500 horses, you know, but you can only drop that entry in, you know, one horse at a time, theoretically. You know, and, and so they're saying, well, if I had 500 horses, I'd be making millions of dollars too. That's not true. That is not true. Volume of horses do not make winners. I guarantee you that. 
a, a horse is going to be a horse no matter what. The trainer, the trainer has to condition the horse properly, has to get him ready to race and point him towards that direction. That's what the trainer has to do. He's got to do everything in his power to make sure that horse is healthy and he, and he gets them there. And I'm telling you something right here and now, my friend. There's a lot of people that can train horses. A lot of people out there. I guarantee you that. But let me tell you something. The horse makes the trainer. The horse makes the trainer. The trainer's the guy that gets the credit for it. But when you get down to it, it's the horse. And that's where it starts from. The horse, and then it branches out. You got a groom, you got a hot walker, you got an exercise rider, you got a van driver, you got a vet, you got a blacksmith, you got a feed company, uh, you got a lady in the front office or a guy in the front office. You got a lot of things in there. And, and that's what's the greatest thing about this sport is it's just so many, so many different directions you go. Go. You can't write a book and say, okay, this is how you, how you win. This is how you do it. If, if you could, somebody would write a book and everybody would be doing it. So that's what I like about our business is scattered all over. But now some of these multimillionaires and billionaires are sitting down and saying, let's refine this puppy. Let's see what we can do. Let's get all the alliances, get all the associations together, get all the state people together, get all the tracks together, get all the training centers together, get all the breeders together and work this out. And see what everybody thinks. What would be the rules? When would the rules go into effect? So that's what I like about this. There's just so many good things that are here. You know, um, once you get all the jockey clubs and the NTA and the Heiser and, you know, Churchill Downs and Keenan and everybody on the same page, it's going to produce a, a tremendous product. And that's what I like about it. You're going to see a lot of good horses come out and a lot of good people come around. You know, so now we got everybody working on all those things. And so now there's a lot of things that are going on that tells the truth. The I don't lie. Keeneland to construct new paddock building. Been there forever. Keeneland's decided to construct a new paddock pavilion. Do some renovations. Make it, fix it up nice. You know, get it up to where it should be for, you know, a place like that. Um, Their the project, which is expected to cost nearly $93 million uh, today, uh, upon the recommendation of Tourism and Arts and Heritage Count, uh, Cabinet, Keenan received preliminary approval um, from the Kentucky Tourism Development Finance Authority for incentives to support the project up to $23.2 million. So, you know, this is the thing that, um, uh, you know, everybody's starting to get together. And like it, like it, you know, for example, Saratoga, that's historic up there. And, and they always make sure that goes good, you know. And, and you know, Del Mar, the same, same thing, Santa Anita, uh, you know, uh, everybody's doing good. But um, Keelan uh, is a historic destination, I'd, I'd say for sure, for uh, all of our local families. And travelers, you know, that come in town, investment will create more opportunities for everyone to enjoy uh, Keeneland and, you know, the Lexington area. Well, uh, while boosting our signature um, horse racing industry, Kentucky's $12.9 billion 
uh, and tourism uh, that they have that come to the state to go all over. And, and now they're going to make sure that uh, horse racing and horses are, you know, all part of that, you know. And so I get so excited to when I start seeing all these new projects that are going on, uh, you know, to see what's going to have, um, uh, you know, worldwide. You know, like, like for example, uh, the Tapita track for Santa Anita uh, training track is, is soon to arrive. Um, the material for $7 million all-weather synthetic surface tr- uh, training track will begin arriving on no- November 13th. So now they're going to be able to train on that track, and, and you can get a lot of statistical information on horses that are running on it. Um, do they convert good to the turf? Do they convert uh, good to the dirt? Um, what about injuries? You know, that type of thing. So it's all going to be pretty, you know, a pretty good deal, I think. But again, it's all the different places, not just one place. It's Keeneland, it's Churchill, um, you know, that's re- redoing the tracks, Belmont Park, Santa Anita. You know, it's everybody. They're, they're trying to make the sport better, and they are doing that because now they realize that our sport is a fan-based sport. You gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, play to the fan, as they say. You gotta, you gotta make sure they're having a good time there. I, I know some people that go to that go to Keeneland, and they couldn't tell you who won a race. They get there for the social aspect of it. They go out into the parking lot. And um, they pull up their uh, uh, little covered tents there, and and they have their food and their drinks, and and they run back and forth uh, betting on the races and watching some of the races. But it's just it's like a tailgate party at a football game, you know. It's it's really good, and that's why I'm saying the business is getting good now. We got to start doing more as far as television and radio and podcasts go. That's that's the next step that we have to go. We need to have people. I'm not saying it's like me, but it's the right idea. You got to start having podcasts. You got to start having TV. You got to start having radio. There's a lot of things that you got to start doing to get your your project out there. And it's all about marketing and demographics, you know. And, and I know some horse facilities that are trying to market their place, but they don't have an understanding of the demographics. You know, and that, that's that's the big part of it. You got to know the ages that that you want to get there. You got to want to know their income. You know, that's all part of demographics, and you got to do things that cater to them. Now, I know some tracks. I this is I laugh every time I think about it uh, because I lived in Indiana for a long time. But in Indiana, when you talk about the race tracks, there the harness tracks or the thoroughbred tracks. When you talk about it, everybody says, oh, yeah, I've been to, you know, to uh, Indiana for the racing. What do you like about it? I like <laughs> I like the deep fried chicken fried steak sandwich. I mean, it, it's insane the size of it. It's like the, like a plate, the size of a plate. But that's what they, they were known for, and they get a lot of people there. So, you know, everybody has their little signature things. But um, you know, I'm telling you, um, it, it's 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 all about the fans. It's all about the horses, and we're getting somewhere with the business. We're starting to get organized. We're starting to group up into groups and teams, and you know, starting to think, hey, well, what you know, what's going to get us there? You know, uh, um, years ago, a lot of the tracks said, 
uh, we're going to, this casino thing's going to be coming around. We're going to get casinos, you know, to our tracks. And a lot of tracks did, you know, and, and it helped the game, you know, and, and that's what it's all about here. Um, I'm telling you, I, I'm excited. Well, I wound up and my phone went dead today and had to get a new phone. It'd been one of them crazy days out there. But um, from the breeding standpoint of things, it was, uh, I was just amazed at this uh, stallion called Into Mischief. Um, it's well represented by the, uh, the Breeders' Cup pre-entries. Uh, it's amazing what it does. And I, I'm lucky in myself. Uh, I've got part ownership uh, in an Into Mischief filly. And she got hurt on the track. And she made a little over $100,000 in four starts. And, uh, you know, so her, her racing career does not look like it's going to come back, but she'll be a broodmare. And I'm telling you, that that's probably the best thing that could happen for us. Uh, you know, and that she's going to be a broodmare. And, and the way they're selling in the sales and everything, you see a lot of them, a lot of mares with her bloodline selling five, six, seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand dollars. And also that's um, uh, one thing that we're looking at, you know, to see. But again, it goes back to the breeders and how everything is is brought around, you know, for us. And also it's about organization. It's about, um, you know, the tracks. It's about the whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, the visual aspect of it. You know, good example, uh, look at the Super Bowl. Look at all the things they do in the Super Bowl. They got goat city Doritos and they got uh, all kinds of things that, um, you know, that they do, they help to get it going along. And, and of course, kind of like our racing season, the, the, you know, the football season, you know, you're looking at 26 weeks of, uh, of high coverage, uh, uh, football, you know, happenings that are going on college, high school, you know, the pros and everything. Same thing with our horse racing. Um, you know, you got the, every state's got its own derby and, and, you know, and then of course there's the Breeders Cup and the Triple Crown races, you know, that type of thing. And also that, that's what really gets good there. Now, there is one thing before I end here. Um, I, I would like to, uh, just cover a few things here. There's a group called the Thoroughbred Owner View. It's, uh, the Jockey Club and TOBA. Encouraging thoroughbred ownership. Now, what I like about this is when you do your due diligence uh, on getting into the business, the owner view, uh, they have uh, conducted 23 online owner panels on a variety of topics uh, about the horse business. In 2023, uh, they had, and these are podcasts, and you, you'll be able to see these podcasts. I've got a couple up on, on my site now. Um, it's accounting and tax considerations for owners. Uh, that, that's one podcast they'll talk about. They'll go into the uh, tax laws and accounting and, you know, everything that an owner needs to know. Um, then, then you come in, they got handicapping for owners, uh, developing a business plan. Uh, preparing for race day, jockey race preparation, uh, buying horses at a public auction, claiming a horse, veterinary and common surgery, 
that they have. And these are all real good, a little bit like an hour-long uh, podcast. Um, uh, the economics of uh, racehorse ownership, uh, partnerships, uh, racing syndications. Uh, you know, it's got everything that you need to know in here about the business. And it's online. It's a third-rate owner view. And I really do like it because uh, you can go to them and just ask them what they want to do and how they want to do it, you know, that type of thing. You know, but it's about being prepared. It's about doing a due diligence, you know. Uh, like to, today for me, for example, my phone blows up on me, you know, and I, I knew I should have been prepared. I should have had a backup here already, but I didn't. You know, so thank goodness I just ran down to the store real quick, and thank goodness I had the money to get it and grab me a new phone real quick and then came back up. You know, but to, all through the whole business and, and through, you know, normal life, and no matter what business you're in, you got to be prepared. You know, and I really feel bad because I wasn't prepared for this because I didn't expect it. And I tell you, it's almost to the point that you take your phone for granted until you until something happens to it. You know, and that's what we're trying to do in the horse business is make sure that, you know, we're getting rid of the people that just take it for granted that that horse is going to be in a stall tomorrow. He's going to be okay, you know, and go from there. You know, you got to be prepared in case he gets sick, in case he gets hurt, you know, that type of thing. Uh, have, have your horse trailer and horse driver and your trailer ready to go to the clinic when you need to. Um you know, those are the things that you need to do. But all in all, the excitement of the Breeders' Cup is here, uh, guys and girls. Uh, it, it'll be a heavy week all week long, of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, TV and print coverage of, of the horses getting ready to run next week. And what I like about it, and I, I hope they do keep it in California year-round, you know, every year, because what's nice is you can go ahead and get through your day and then when you on the East Coast, and then when you get through your day, you go home. You know you you'll get to see the races in the afternoon, and you know have a nice evening. You know, and you don't have to worry about nothing. Uh, when when you're on the East Coast and have the Breeders' Cup, uh, you know we start working at four thirty in the morning, and we don't stop until you know twelve eleven thirty or twelve o'clock that night. And that's the bad part about the horse business is when you run in a big race like the Triple Crown races, the Derby, Preakness, Belmont, or the Breeders' Cup, you're work, you work all day long. And then, and then you, let's say you win the race or, you know, you lose the race or whatever. You don't get out of the barn until 10 o'clock, you know, at night, making sure your horse is uh, okay after the race and everything. And you never, you don't have any time to enjoy the race. That's the only bad part about being on the end that we're in. You don't have any time. You, you read about it in the, in the, you read about it in the, in all the trade magazines and see it on all the videos the next day. You know, and that, that's the tough part about it because there's no time to literally enjoy, you know, or savor that victory until, until you get a day off. And then when you get a day off, you're usually sleeping. So, you know, it's one of those things. But, um, guys, sorry about the, uh, the phone incident being a little bit behind schedule here. Uh, but just remember, it's Breeders' Cup week. Uh, stay tuned to, um, you know, intv.org. Uh, you get all your connections to the Breeders' Cup. It'll be on Fox and ESPN and FanDuel and all the good places.
places that you can see this stuff and, you know, get together with your friends uh, and have a Breeders' Cup party Friday or Saturday night. Uh, you know, it's a weekend, give you something to do, something different. You don't have to know anything about the races. Just turn on the TV and start barbecuing. Look forward to talking with you folks next week on the International Equine Network.